Yeah, plenty of news filtering around as we welcome Richie to this Tuesday. Welcome to Golden Slipper Week, mate. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? Um, everything seems to happen. We seem to have some feature racing or some feature event every day of the week. Slipper day to day. You've got, you know, Thursday, the provincial um, midway qualifier. Then you, you keep this going down. Friday's the wild card at Goldman. Saturday's, I think, another midway provincial championships at uh, Kembla. You've got Golden Slipper Day, five group ones. Then Sundays at Scone, we've got another wild card. So something happening every day for trainers owners and participants all around the state. It certainly is, uh, and great to have uh, those gentlemen ring up, and great to hear that people are going to the slipper that haven't been to Rose Hill on a slipper day before, or haven't been there for, for 10 or odd years. It's going to be a big day there on Saturday. I think one of the biggest days we've seen at Rose Hill. We were, it was big last year because we were just sort of coming out of you know COVID and whatnot, but this year I think it'll be off the charts. Yeah, it's going to be massive, Dave, and let's hope the weather... Uh, they say that it's going to be um, a little bit of rain around today, which we're getting, but um, after today, it looks like it's going to be hot and warm, and that'll produce some great racing this weekend. Exactly right, and it was actually um, just on the weather, because uh, obviously uh, Sydney weather loves to get a touch-up now and then, but mind you, <laughs> the weather else around the country is no good either, if you ask me. Uh, but this bit of moisture around today from chatting with a few of the track managers at the ATC, is absolutely perfect because today they'll get that moisture into it. I mean, we're looking at 34, 32 on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, you know, up around that 34, 35 mark and beaming sunshine. So perfect today that we get this bit of moisture uh, and then back to just a, a perfect track on Saturday. And I thought that track Saturday played brilliant. Yeah, it did play well. It got, it got pretty firm late in the afternoon, didn't it? But that's... That's the world we live in. That's the climate. Um, and it got warm late in the afternoon and probably made it a little bit tougher for the back markers. But otherwise, the track played well. All right. What do you think of the slipper? I know we've got the barrier draw coming up, but uh, have you has you have you deviated away from a particular horse you're, you're really keen to back? Oh, well, look, I, the two horses that I backed uh, a long time ago were Red Resistance and Shinzo. And uh, I think barriers are going to make a, a massive... I, I, I keep watching the replay of Shinzo last Saturday and... I just can't believe uh, it won. Like, everything that could go wrong went wrong um, and just circled them and beat them. Steel City was awesome. Good to see it win. Um, Kings Gambit, we know it's got the ability, but it's just got to put it together and accelerate. Learning to fly, is she okay? Is she looking for the paddock? I just don't know. Lazard, Platinum Jubilee. Oh, look, I... The winner's in the top five or six. Dom Collion, we know that the, the Blue Diamond with Steel City coming out of that, but it did have a, a nice time and the others didn't chase in the weekend. The barrier jaw is going to be massive and I don't want to rule out Blanc de Blanc. It's probably the value runner heading into the barrier draw. Exactly right. Yeah, that barrier draw, 11 o'clock, take no punters. We'll be heading out to Rose Hill Live to uh, to go through that barrier draw. We'll take the coverage live from Sky Thoroughbred Central. I believe Greg Radley is hosting that coverage, so we'll hear from Greg. Glenn Munsey will be there, plus Ray Thomas conducting interviews. So they'll be taking interviews as well with some of the big participants that are out there this morning. So you won't miss anything from 11 o'clock here on Sky Sports Radio. Um, you touched on the fact that on Thursday we've got these provincial championships. The country and provincial championships have been uh, a big success in my eyes. I mean, the the what we saw at Canamble on on Sunday was uh, was outstanding. With uh, listen to the band and you know, I I think it's just going to continue to go from strength to strength. And we've seen really good racing midweek, aren't we? Yeah, look, I, I think they've been outstanding. I don't think there's doubt about that. Um, 
I just wonder whether, you know, looking from a devil's advocate, whether we could just tweak perhaps a... It's interesting. You have to change the whole program. But like the, I just think that the country clubs, the Sunday meetings, which, you know, 23 years ago, we didn't want Sunday racing. Now it's become such a, a part of our fabric, particularly with in country areas. And it just gives those country clubs the opportunity to have a massive Sunday. And the highlight and the spotlight is just firmly upon that race. I just think sometimes the provincial midway races get lost in between. Like last yep. Saturday, we had... Coolmore Day this Saturday at Kemmler, you really, without being disrespectful, the majority of the eyes are, are really looking at Rose Hill for Golden Slipper Day. And um, maybe maybe next year we could tweak and have a couple of the provincial and midways on a Sunday as well. And it might just give those clubs and those trainers more of a spotlight on their horses. Yep, I agree. I think uh, yeah, the more we can get these races into clear air, uh, the better. Because I must admit, when we have these uh, trainers on and, and we're talking about them, We'll get constant texts on the text line. We'll get constant tweets saying, hey, what was Tracy Bartley tipping? Hey, what did Kim War mention? Um, people want to know and they want to bet on it. So uh, I think, yeah, the clear air, the better, mate, because there's nothing worse than getting wrapped up in something and then looking up at the screen and going, you're kidding me. I was going to be on that. Uh, and I reckon that's happened to me a fair few times uh, this particular day. Now, what about this J-Mac decision? <laughs> Obviously, it's racing. We love all having an uh, opinion and uh, the social media and uh, I see the, the jocks are uh, having a bit of banter as well. Um, what do you think about it? Um, I've got to be a little bit careful. And look, whatever I say, I premise with, well done to James McDonald. Um, he had a throw at the stumps. I don't think anyone thought he could possibly hit the stumps. Um, but he did, well done to Darren Kane, good fellow, the gentleman who represented James. Is the jockey room as a as a group upset? Most definitely. Um, Richard Beasley, who I have the utmost respect for, special counsel Richard Beasley, he chairs the um, appeals. I don't think there's any more honourable person than I've met in my life. He's a man with without question. Um, but I, I found it uh, uh, astonishing that Mr. Beasley could say that don't think this is a precedent. Well, unfortunately, it is a precedent. And I think Mr. Beasley will be hearing about this decision when every jockey comes up over certain matters. I, I'm still trying to work out how they upped the 15% for missing the slipper up to 20%, but he didn't miss the slipper. So wouldn't you take that 20% away? So I don't understand... The mathematics, I only you know did three and four unit maths, so maybe they're more clever than I. Um, that's Look, should have he got off? I find it astonishing. I, I think it sets a bad precedent for racing, and it is, a bad, it is a precedent. But to have our biggest name star riding on Saturday is a bonus for Sydney Racing, that's for sure. And, and very well said. And I think what you've said is pretty much just hits and covers all nails on the head. Um, because, uh, yeah, it, and, and it will be interesting moving forward uh, when situations like this arise again uh, what happens because oh no David yeah. I can I can guarantee you that um, the jockeys a uh, few jockeys spent yesterday afternoon uh, at office works getting it blown up and putting it on a uh, a big billboard <laughs> and it's going to they're going to put that they're going to hang that look no. I tell you besides I tell you I do feel disappointed for is the stewards they're there to do a job and I think, like a lot of people that follow racing day in, day out, I think they do a, a, a very good job. And I, I think they don't get the reward they, they deserve. And when they think, I think they were leaning to start with, 
Mm. And I think it's a kick in the guts to to those stewards that the decision went that way yesterday. Mm. And and uh, we won't go too further into it, but and you're right, you know, um, well done to James and well done how uh, his team have argued their case. Uh, but I did see, I, I did find interesting the little tweet just saying if it had have been maybe roles reversed and it was, say, maybe Amy McLucas shifting out and causing uh, that incident, would the uh, appeal have been the same? Would it or would we be talking about something completely different? So, anyway, it's happened well, now. It was, it was interesting that I can... Uh, look, if... And Kevin Langby's... Uh, I've known... I haven't seen Kevin for years, but I've known him from a... When they used to play tennis in a glad bag, uh, wearing a glad bag to sweat back in the 70s down at uh, Bexley Tennis Courts on the bottom of Bexley Road. I just probably think when you're having a jockey's appeal, you shouldn't have a jockey, a former jockey on the panel. Not saying that Kevin would have made a decision one uh, firmly what he believed in, but it's all about you know, the look and having a former jockey. It'd be like having a trainer, a former trainer sitting on a panel for a trainer as such. You know, and it's probably, in hindsight, would have been better to have two late people. And I noticed Judith Foley, uh, the other third person on the panel, uh, she... She thought the stewards got it right. It should, he should have missed Golden Slipper Day. So um, I think a lot of people were in probably due to scorn. Chatting with Richard Callender this morning. Uh, Richard, now I've got a couple of spies around Sydney Town, and uh, they what tell, about? Come on, what about? They tell me that you were spotted yesterday with some very uh, heavy hitters heading into racing New South Wales. The officers, is this correct? <laughs> yeah, I think a couple of people thought I might have been heading in there for the uh, James. Uh, McDonald, no, no. We had a, a few topics to to go through. Uh, we always appreciate when uh, Peter Valandis and and Graham Hinton give us our time to to have a not a whinge, but uh, a discussion about some matters that the the trainers uh, are right across the board uh, have brought to the table that they'd like discussed. And um, I think there'll be a real some real good positives coming out of out of yesterday's meeting. And uh, I think we all walked away and. Um, with you know some some good things that'll happen in time for for trainers and their staff. So yeah, and 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 progress of where the the progress with a lot of the clubs and the developments are, are heading. So it was just great to you know it's like a, an update and uh, a discussion kind of meeting, and it went for I think we ex- we expected an hour, and it went for just over two hours. So no, it, it's yeah. always good day to that the uh, racing of Wales CEO and. Uh, offers his time to, so he can listen to uh, our concerns and uh, some questions that we, are, we we want answered. And that's good. And, uh, look, I don't know if you heard on the grapevine, but uh, last week I got a bit fired up uh, in relation to the article about the the, well, the, the story filtering through about uh, the strappers and, and what was happening and, um, and, and payments here and there. And I guess what it uncovered for me, because I'm always learning about... As a punter and just a racing lover, you start to realise the more you're involved on air that the all the different things that happen across the board in racing and there's different um, you know rules and regulations and whatnot. And as I said last week on air on Thursday, and I was quite passionate about it that um, the payment fee to the strappers, and I'm sure you'll talk about this in columns and whatnot and elsewhere, but uh, that only happens here in New South Wales, and I just was totally blown away by that. That um, that no other jurisdiction does anything like that, and I uh, I was really disappointed actually. 
Yeah, I know what you're saying. You're talking about the uh, the one and a half percent that was increased to two uh, percent right. relation, and it's. I think that the first misconception is, and a lot of people uh, have their say without understanding. It's not a strappers bonus. It's it's a two percent fee which is distributed. It's not the owner's money. It's not the trainer's money. It's not the jockey's money. It's a fee that's set aside from right at the start when. Uh, racing off Wales were determining prize money levels and increases. And it was a stable incentive that it's earned by the stable for that horse and then distributed to the lowest income workers in those stables. Uh, as Gary Portelli, I think it was, that you, you interviewed, he uh, put it out that they submit their, their workers, their hours, what they earn, and then it's distributed on a pro rata basis. And it's something that you know New South Wales only do. So it's not a strappers bonus. Um, Peter Valandi's and Racing of Wales made, made some discretionary payments. In hindsight, I reckon, and this was only, only my words, I reckon Peter and Racing of Wales wish they hadn't have made those payments and they'd stuck solid. But I suppose it's like sometimes you make a decision from your heart thinking it's the right thing to do um, for in the circumstances, but you probably shouldn't have. That's only me saying it. And But... The, the, the go on for Victoria, uh, and look, um, it, it annoys me when in Victorians, and they say, maybe they say the same as me. I find the us against them approach comes from Victoria. Look, I don't think in any meeting that I've been to in New South Wales, nor yesterday, or with Race South Wales, I don't think they mention Victorian racing. I don't think they mention it, nor do they worry about what they're doing. Yet, in Victoria, at every meeting they have, somehow Peter Valandis' name and race in New South Wales are discussed. Mm. Maybe I'd spend the time trying to improve your own product and worry about your own backyard. My old man always says, he said, does that affect you? He said, well, don't worry about it. You worry about what you can affect. And I mm. just think Victoria spend far too much time worrying about a little Greek fella from up here in Sydney, and they should be worrying about themselves. I think the the other thing, though, uh, for me, uh, based on just, again, from reading in this story coming to light, and I'll get your opinion on it before I let you go, is that this is in place in, in New South Wales. I think it still is, is blowing. It's blowing my mind that um, it's not available in Queensland. It's not available in any other jurisdiction. It's not available in Victoria, Tasmania, South Australia. And I can't understand why something like this. It doesn't have to be exactly the same. It could be something different, but I just can't understand why. Well, do you want to know why, David? Would you like to know why? I'd like to know. Well, I'd like to know why is because none of the people that are in power in those states have an appreciation for the lowest income workers in the state and the, and the pressures that are on them day in, day out to not just pay their rent, but to have feed, to buy transport, to buy what they need, put kids through schools. They don't have appreciation of that because they've probably gone to a private school and they've probably grown up with a little bit of money in their pocket. I think for Peter, and, and without trying to sing his praises, and sometimes I feel like I, uh, I I pat him on the back too much, but Peter grew up as a battler. Peter grew up as, a, as an immigrant without any money, and even though Peter's now on, and without being disrespectful, I'd, and I, without knowing Peter's wages, I'd have to say that Peter's on big wages at Racing Up Wales, and I'm not sure what happens with the NRL, but I think some part of him still remembers the days when they were battling for food and they were battling to, you know, to, to survive, and he's now got an appreciation of that and said, you know what, I've, we've got to do something for those people. 
and I don't think the other states really appreciate what it's like. Uh, they, they might hover around in the committee rooms. What they're a bit off doing is getting down to the park and watching the kids that are kicking the ball around with their mum and dad because they can't go to the football, because they can't afford those things, and they're our workers. And if we haven't got those workers turning up, and whether they're, whether they're from different countries and nationalities around the world, they're the people that turn up every morning at, say, 3.30, 4 o'clock. They deserve a little bit of a kick along. And um, I think it's kudos. And I don't, if any owner's blowing up that they think the 2% would go to them instead of that, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be used. It would just be wiped out. So using 2% of the industry's money to help the little little battler, I think, I think is terrific. Tremendous and very much worthwhile. Yeah, and I encourage everyone. There's a couple of texts on the text line. I encourage everyone to go and have a look on the Race New South Wales website about how that all works and obviously the means test and whatnot. Because, as I said, it's something that I just thought was right across the board. And um, but again, it isn't, and it has completely blown me away. Enjoy the slipper draw later on, Richie, and uh, we look forward to that column coming out with Race Net a little bit later on. Thank you, David. What's that TV show? You know where the bosses, the undercover bosses. They go and they go and learn what their employees do and how they battle. I think it is maybe undercover a, bosses. That's it. Maybe a few of the other maybe a few of the other states might you know go and work in a stable at three o'clock in the morning, but don't go back and get their normal wages for three months. Tell them to survive off the five hundred dollars that they're getting at the stables in the morning.